WCUT after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WSUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Uh, feels real good hearing that music, that round ball rock here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, take a, talk a little bit of NBA. I know it's old NBA on NBC. By the way, they're trying to get that song back, I believe, because Fox Sports now has it for their college basketball Uh broadcast but that's the old NBA round ball rock from John Tesh but as you when you hear that music guess what we're gonna talk a little bit of NBA and we're gonna get into the NBA's Central Division which all the local teams that myself Frank Basher and David the Man and God Harris support go ahead David Central this is where all eyes are on obviously for reasons and we'll start we'll go from worst to first like we do with the NFL division. All right. And we'll start with the local team for one Derek Lawson. I think the Chicago Bulls, I think injuries are going to play a huge factor as to why that they're in the basement, but also just the youth and kind of the trail that each of the other four teams in the division are going. I think they're going to take leaps and bounds. And if one team takes the leaps and bounds forward, Someone has to take a step back. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if the Bear or excuse me, the Bulls will have a top ten pick in the draft. For sure that they'll be in the lottery. We'll see them up on the stage. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls didn't make it to forty wins. Why is that? I'm just. I mean, you can do 41 and 41, if I'm correct, right? You don't believe that that's going to happen? No, I, I don't think I, Yeah, I don't think that there'll be a 500 basketball team. Mm-hmm. I think that there'll be a lot of nights where they'll struggle to score. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you play divisional games, there are going to be a lot of teams that blow them out the water. That's just the nature of, particularly of this iteration of the NBA, mm-hmm. where a lot of other teams are so prolific in their scoring. I'm looking at the Bulls roster, and I'm looking, usually, if you want to have some kind of success, you have at least two guys that you can rely on as consistent shooters. Mm -hmm. When I look at the Bulls, I'm like, do I like those two options? Like, what, what combo do you put together? And it's, again, it's not like the Bulls are a bad team. It's not like they are, like, they look good, granted it's preseason, but who are, who's going to be the help outside of Levine and DeRozan? Because we know. Is it going to be healthy? Mm -hmm. Because I I know Levine's probably going to, get some kind of knock just because that's been his entire career. Right. Do you trust DeRozan because he's up there in age? 
Right. And like how much gas does he have left in the tank? Mm-hmm. So then you're looking at Vucevic. Like it's different because like I would say, do you want to you one of your main guys to be a big, but then if you look at Embiid, you look at Giannis, you look at Jokic, like can can he be in that similar mold? I I don't know if he can do that for 82. Mm-hmm. He might do it some nights. Right. I think he'll get to that 25-15, that line, but there are a lot of nights I can see him just with like a 17-8 and eight or an 18-8 and eight, mm-hmm. where it's like you need him to do a little bit more, mm-hmm. and then that puts a little bit more on the shooters. Yeah. And then do you, who do you trust in the backcourt? Like, is Kobe White going to take a leap forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Kobe, I heard Kobe White has looked good so far in the preseason. I haven't seen him play yet, but he's playing actually like a true point guard instead of like a combo guard, which he's been playing the last three or four years while he's been in the league where he's looking to score. And really on this team, your job is going to be more or less to be the setup guy, make sure that Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic get the ball in the spots that they want to get the ball and setting them up for great shots. And I've heard that Kobe White is bought into that. Only time will tell, and we'll see. Yeah, and, like, obviously, like, with preseason, you you can take it, like, with a grain of salt because a lot of guys trying to get into game shape. There's a lot of new pieces, a lot of players, like, trying to get into the rhythm, knowing that the season starts in, you know, less than two weeks. But, yeah, it's looking forward. How how much leeway also does Billy Donovan have? Like, if they get off to a slow start, are management ownership going to look to making a change? Are they going to try to play through it? Knowing that you only have so much wiggle room. Like, all the teams in this division, minus one, have a lot of or have very little wiggle room to compete because if something's going wrong or something's going right, more likely to make a change. So you basically got them in last. Yeah, I'm in the last place. Okay. Yeah, keep going. They're right above them, the Indiana Pacers. Again, in the off season, they made a lot of moves. They got a, couple of decent pieces in, not having to give up much. It's another one of those teams that's because of the division and other, you know, Detroit making strides, Cleveland making strides. They, by default, have to fall back in the divisional standings. I don't think Indiana's going to be a bad team. I don't think that they're going to be a dumpster fire. I think that they'll probably be in the 43 43 44 win, so just a little over 500. But for me, the million dollar question is does Tyrese Halliburton have help? Because, yes, it's great that he's kind of playing in this mold role as a team leader face of the organization, kind of reminding a little people a little bit of kind of the role Paul George had when he was the face of the franchise and everything was built around him. But again, looking at Indiana, is 
are they in a position to be in that group of playoff play-in teams? Maybe not this year, but I could easily see if you know injuries happen, if cards fall their way, I can see Indiana this year taking a similar approach to how Sacramento was a couple of years ago, where they were quote unquote ahead of schedule to where they are taking leaps and everyone's like, Oh, okay. Be on the lookout for Indiana. They could get back to being a top eight, like guaranteed locking, you know, playoff team versus being in the play in tournament. Right. I think. So I'll, I'll, I'll just stop you right here. You got the bulls in fourth. Um, last season, there's five teams in this division. Uh, so you, I mean, you got them in fifth. Last year, they ended up third in the Central Division and ended up in the play-in game. You've got Pacers at fourth, which they were at last year, and they got eliminated. They won 35 games. So how many games do you have the Bulls winning this year? You said under 40, right? Yeah, I'm at at 39. We'll say 39. 39, okay. Close to 500. What about the Pacers? I have the Pacers at... 43. Okay. And by the way, the Pacers won 35 games. So you're saying they're going to make a seven-game jump while the Bulls go back one game. They were 40 and 42. Yeah, I, I just think because of the pieces, I think, hate I hate to say it, but I think Indiana is going to surprise a lot of people, and I like, I like that Obi Toppin left New York Why? because I think he's in a he's in a better place in Indiana because when you're in New York, you are brought in you know, lottery pick to kind of be a high flyer, and there was a lot of pressure, and you you could see that he like New York. I don't want to say it was too big for him, but it wasn't right. It didn't seem like it was a right culturally. I think going to Indiana where he's just. Looks like even in preseason, he's allowed to be a little bit more free, get back to a little bit how he was playing when he was at Dayton, kind of, and then pairing that. I, that that's where I think that leap will take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll we'll see. Um, I think New York. He kind of just he had to get, he played one. He was kind of a tweener at. Well, he's a tweener on the NBA level, but he was dominant in college, and he had to figure out, do I play the perimeter or do I play the post? And I think he's going to figure out that he tried to go too much perimeter in New York, and when he wasn't hitting his shots, you had to get him off the floor because he couldn't do nothing, and they had guards that could do that, and there was a lot of competition there, so he kind of got buried on the bench. I think my, uh, and now in Indiana, you get a new start. I, I think he's kind of realized maybe he could be a, a bullying two-guard with this size or a bullying three, maybe stretch four. Um, but last year, they said he was too much perimeter last year. And, you know, if you already got guards there, as they do, it's not going to be a lot of a lot of minutes if you're just trying to play on the perimeter all the time. So he's going to have to learn how that he, you know, he might for the rest of his career be that guy that has to do a little bit of everything. Nothing wrong with that, but it keeps you in the league longer. Yeah, if you know if you know your role, if you know kind of the best way to stay on the court, I think that's a, that's a million thing million dollar thing. If if you can figure out how to be 
a piece in the league, your yeah. career will take leaps and bounds. Right. Keep going. And, yeah. So kind of thinking midway, well, who's going to occupy the center spot? The Cleveland Cavaliers. At three. I, I, Cleveland Cavaliers at three. I have them winning 47 games. Remember, they got second in the conference last year, and they won 51. Yeah. But, and I think well, part of this is also just because I think Detroit's going to be massively improved. Again, this is with everyone staying healthy and that core in Detroit. We'll talk about them in a second. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Milwaukee's going to take some wins. And then other, other teams around the league are significantly better. I think Cleveland is going to be in that play-in tournament range. And, again, it's similar to Detroit. It's taking the next step, getting over the hump. You have playoff experience. Another year kind of with Donovan Mitchell being the guy that everything seemingly focuses around. For me, it's can you can you recover? Can you let the shaky non existent performance in the playoff last year will that get to them? I think no, but I could easily see Cleveland coming out the gate a little slower than a lot of people liking and it take a fire being set under someone's rear end to kind of jumpstart the season. I can see that. Yeah. But do I, I think Donovan Mitchell, clearly we, we know he's one of the best players in the league, regardless of player rankings, whatever top, you know, all the, all the rankings that people put too much weight into. But again, it's an, it's a young core that, if they stay healthy, it's them and Detroit are going to be the class for the next decade in the Central Division. Okay. Who's next? Number two, the aforementioned Detroit Pistons. I have them at 49 wins, so just a slight improvement. But I think because the East is going to be so A slight improvement tight-knit. from what? From... Over Cleveland. Okay, okay. Because you do realize last season, Pistons only won 17 games. To have a 38-game additional streak or additional wins is a huge, David. That's huge. Granted, Kate Cunningham was out majority of the season. But still, David, 38 games improvement from last season, that's a heck of a hurdle to deal over if you don't have them at 49 wins. Yeah, and, and the million dollar thing is, with them fully healthy, I think, like obviously, I'm not going to say that they're going to win the division. I'm not going to say that they're going to be a play, uh, get to a conference finals. I think they're still early on in that process. But when they were fully healthy, that that team looks good. Like that. That's the most exciting Detroit basketball has been arguably since the bad boy, or not the bad boy, the, the championship with the Wallaces and Tayshawn and, uh, and Rip. Like, that team is exciting to see. And again, it, it comes down to health. 
Mm-hmm. Because if you have an injury like that, and even talking with and seeing people talk about how Cade looked with the select team and kind of his maturation and how explosive he looked during that time going up against this, um, the U.S. team and how the sky is the limit. Yeah, I, I could see I can see 40, 48, 49 wins. Um, oh, but I, was I could at... easily see that, you know, they could also be hovering on the forty. You you just never know in the league because you know, drop of the ball can make a world of difference. We got Cade Hunt, Cunningham, Asur, Thompson, Bogdanovich, Stewart, and Duran as their possible starting five. I could see maybe. Uh, Bogdanovich maybe coming out of the lineup, them going with Jaden Ivey if they want to be a little more athletic. Jalen Durant, or they might get rid of Isaiah Stewart, have Marvin Bagley come in. Just different lineups that they have uh, against different teams. Uh, they, I, I really think the Pistons have it in them to be between, be between second and fourth, possibly in the division. Um, but 49 wins from compared to last year's 17 is a big, big, big improvement. We can see that it could be done. Your number one team is the Bucks. What are they going to have yep. as a record and what you say? Er, I think Milwaukee is going to be one of the few teams in the 50s in the entire league. Uh, I have, I'll have slot them down at 54 wins. And I got a friend that said I, now because of all the accusation act, Acquirements of players, accusation. Well, I don't want to say accusation, but acquirement of the players that they might win. Get this, seventy-five games this year. They're they're not breaking the record. They're not breaking the record. I think it's going to take some time to mesh. And you know, for those that are the basketball insiders, there you you would know. They traded away a lot of depth pieces when they brought in Damian Lillard. Like they got rid of a lot of their bench depth, and it's hard. Like it's a lot easier to go with nine, ten, eleven when it comes time to the playoffs because most teams usually do, and even that's too much. Most will go to a bench of like maybe nine, maybe get to that tenth guy. If you have nine, ten, eleven guys that are at coming into the season, one injury can make or break. And do I think Milwaukee can handle someone being out with a significant period of time, particularly with the age of the guys that they have on the roster? Like, do I think, and I hate to say it, do I think Chris Middleton is going to play 82? Probably not. Do I think... Dane will probably play 82. I mean, with the new rules, more, less likely to rest. So you're going to have a lot more wear and tear on players' bodies, which means a lot more susceptible. Yeah. Uh, you can go into the free agency. You can go pick up a veteran guy on you know a veteran minimum. You can bring up some players from the G League, but they're putting a lot of like people are putting a lot of expectations on that starting five being healthy all 82. And in the NBA, that's just not realistic. 
Here's their, they got Damian Lillard, Malik Beasley, Chris Middleton. He's day-to-day. Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Brooke Lopez. Bobby Portis is coming off the bench. And Cameron Payne is coming off the bench as well. Jay Crowder and Marjan Baychamp as well. If if you look at if you look at that starting five, obviously a lot of people will say uh, if you can try to improve Malik Beasley at the two, but do you bring in Cameron Payne to play that two? We know that Dame is going to be the facilitator of that offense, even though it might take a little while because we know Giannis occasionally likes to bring the ball up. Just and then we're just like, all right, that's fine. But yeah, if you look at the that bench is that going does that fear teams when you have to play your second unit or are you looking at them and saying if you are a Boston or Philadelphia or Miami hey we can if we can just survive the punches thrown by that starting five if they have to go to the bench boom we might have the edge in terms of six through ten that's true. And that's, and I think that's where a lot of teams will try to capitalize on Milwaukee because you can't you can't let Giannis play forty eight minutes for eighty two games plus the in season tournament mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like he might want to, and he's a Greek freak. He's I'm sure he will go into a cryogenic chamber and need like two days and be fine, but. Yeah, like that. That team lost a lot of depth. That I think that will that will be visible for a lot of people come January, February, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made some trades to get some more depth pieces that can kind of solidify that second unit. Hmm. Well, we're looking at. I want to do the recap. You got the Bucks at number one, fifty-four wins. Pistons forty-nine. That's a big jump. Two, three, the Cavs with 47 wins. Pacers, 43 wins. And the Bulls are last with 39 wins. Yep. Wow. Yeah, the, the Eastern Conference is definitely tighter, mm-hmm. like we've seen in years past, where the difference between the four, the four seed and the nine seed could be the difference between 47 and 44 wins. So it's going to be a log jam. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people drink it. It could be me just drinking the Pistons Kool Aid. But and by the way, the Bucks had fifty-eight wins last year, and you got them at fifty-four. Yeah, I think they're teams around the league are getting better, and similar to um, earlier in the show, mentioning how teams put bulletin boards and kind of make notice. You know, we want to play our A game against the best of the best. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that look at the Milwaukee game and, like, we have to give our 150%. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Well, good good review there. Next week we'll have another review probably in the Eastern Conference. we got Atlantic and the Southeast left. Take a quick commercial break. Guess what's coming up, David? NFL Pick'em. That's right. We got the NFL Pick'em. And it was a great week last week for yourself and Frank. 
and the scores are tight. Very tight, 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 tight. We'll take a quick commercial break. Listen to 88.3 WXUTs after further review. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. WXUTs after further review with a picture of Frank Master and the horse's head. When we return, the NFL pickup. We'll be back after this.